Blog Talk Radio.
Well, good evening, everybody. Good evening, everybody. Man, I tell you, I'm I'm glad to be back, and I'm, I'm I was glad this new year was come on so I can get this show back on the road. Uh, I have not until September going to for various reasons, uh, doing various things, uh, job included, and uh, it's time to get this show back on the road. I want to keep this this puppy rolling like it like it was before. I'm Keith Bledsoe. This is South Shore Towers for Life on We Are Everyday People, Global Internet Radio Network. Uh, <clears throat> anybody want to call in and uh, show your love and show your support, share your memories? There you go. Yeah, I haven't gone anywhere. Let me know.
Okay, we are back. And some of you are probably saying, what do you mean back? We're just not starting to hear you. Well, I'm just not realizing that uh, my introduction wasn't heard. Uh, normally, I start off with the Jacksons, uh, the good times for the Sasha Atash for Life show, but I guess that was missed too. But uh, we're going we're gonna to back up a little bit, and we'll pick it up where we left off, and we're going to keep on rolling. Uh, this is Keith Bledsoe. Uh, this is the South Shore Tires for Life on We Are Everyday People, Global Internet Radio Network. Uh, man, I had a really good introduction. I'm going to do it again, though, for this brother, because he deserves it. We're not going to leave it out. Uh, but I was going into a few things uh, about uh, issues today in this world. I talked, was kind of opened up talking, uh, going off about the John Lewis situation and uh, President-elect tweet. But I'm going to hold off on that now because I'm, I'm going to talk to him about it uh, with my guests a little bit later. So I won't go into the reintroducing re, uh, re, uh, that part of the show. But this brother here, uh, we went to school together, came out together. Uh, first couple of years, uh, he was in Mendel High School, what used to be Mendel High School. He finished up the last two at South Shore. Uh, this brother here is a representative of South Shore Class of 75 and of Knoxville college in nashville tennessee this brother here is a former teacher he taught special education we're going to jump into that a little bit later on too uh he's a great intelligent brother currently a human resources manager for a company in indiana i want to bring on brother tracy Simmons. tracy thanks for joining me man well well keith thank you so much for such a gracious introduction man uh after call my man and make sure you get that c note by the end of the show <laughs> wow But uh, man I tell you Tracy uh, I started off uh, Normally I go straight into uh, The South Shore Charge for Life Because this is what this show is for I, I decided to do this show After the Our 40 year reunion uh, Summer before this passed And I was so inspired And felt so good Leaving that picnic uh, After the reunion At the checkerboard That I, I just didn't want That spirit to end man I didn't want it to end I just, I just kept I wanted it I, I'm like You know I crave it I crave it. it and I reflect on it all the time. It's it's a different kind of feeling when when you see people that you hadn't seen in years. I mean, and some of those people I hadn't seen since graduation. Since graduation, and you see them, and you feel real good. You know, you feel it, it brings back all the memories when life was a lot easier for all of us. You know. Absolutely, absolutely. When you look back on those days, on those prep days, because times sure have changed, man. I tell you, the technology has changed and uh, times have changed. But when you reflect back on those days, what, what kind of comes to mind when you think about your days at South Shore? Uh, well, well, you know, I, I spent my first two years at Mendel Catholic, and it was a totally different environment. You know, the school was changing racially, so there was a lot of conflict. And it was all male, and it was Catholic, and it was strict. You know, there's a lot of good brothers there, but it it wasn't for me. And then coming to South Shore, the atmosphere was so much more relaxed, and the sisters were so beautiful, man. And but the, but the thing I remember most about that time is how we all got along. You know, we people people might have had the disagreements, but there wasn't a lot of fighting. You know, I. I don't remember having to be worried about going on a certain block or, or going in a certain area or, or, or past a certain school or anything like that because of some harm might come to me. We, you know, we didn't, we didn't exist like that. And it, it's a shame to how things have evolved. It's scary. It really is. Who 
Uh, back in them days, I know, and it's something that you say that because I, I believe practically every interview that I've had, I've had quite a few, it always comes to how well we got along, how well we got along. It was just the atmosphere there that, you know, if there were fights, it was just, you know, it just maybe a certain, within a certain small group of people, but you never heard anybody get really harmed, anybody get shot, stabbed, or Right. Something like that, you know. Uh, so, yeah, ev- everybody has come to that same, around that same circle to say, yes, we all got along. And it is a special feeling. It is. It, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, you go right ahead. You go right ahead. No, and, and I was just saying, if you see these guys, like I, I went to uh, one of our classmates' funeral maybe a year or so ago, Donald Day, okay. and I get I get to the funeral and I saw all the guys there and I've never been hugged by so many men in my life and enjoyed it. <laughs> you know, but, but but the feeling and all that old feeling of camaraderie it comes back to you. You know how everybody got along and how even even cats that maybe you might have been a little bit not in favor of, you know, all that's forgotten because we're all old men now, you know. But, but it's always great to see people and interact with people and remember the friendships and remember the bonds and the times that you shared with each other. You know, I, I, I wonder, this generation now, I wonder if they're going to be able to have times like that. Oh, man, can you imagine a 40-year reunion 40 years from now with Lil Wayne and uh, Kanye and Nicki Minaj? Uh, oh, boy. Yeah. Even if they're 60, 50 years old listening to, uh, oh, you MF, you got them, you kill a oh, oh, come on, please. Anyway, well, uh, you, you, you know, they wouldn't let us, they wouldn't let us have that stuff if it wasn't working against us. You know, they they wouldn't constantly pump that stuff at us on TV, on radio, whatever if it wasn't having a negative impact on us, do you really think white folks, white society would pump a lot of positive energy toward the black community knowingly? I don't I think totally so. agree. I've been I saying that so. it's all by immaculate design. This is a massive exactly. plan. They know exactly. exactly what they're doing and what they so bad we fall for it. Mm-hmm. We fall for it. Time and time again. Well, let's, let's go back a little bit to, the, to them preppy days. Uh, we'll go back to that. And uh, just as far as who, who were your influences back then as far as uh, ed- educators? Who, who gave you something and what did they give you back then that you can still reflect on now that helped to make you into the person that you are today? Okay. Uh, first person I, I got to talk about is Larry Shapiro uh, because Larry was just, he was just too cool to be a teacher. You know, <laughs> Larry was just too cool to be a teacher, you know. And sometimes, because he was my division teacher, sometimes he'd be conversing with me and I'd have to look at this cat and I'd be saying to myself, is this for real? But Larry Shapiro's a great guy. He was always very, very encouraging, very encouraging. And, and I'll never forget uh, when I had the privilege of, of representing the school on the television program, it's academic. How Larry went to bat for me because there were <laughs> there were members of the staff and faculty that didn't think I was such a good choice. But yeah, I I, I have to say first and foremost, Larry Shapiro. Yeah, he, he really sticks out. And uh, Miss Wilson, who taught 
African American history just opened my mind up and enlightened me to so many things that I had not even been conscious of, you know, prior to taking the class from her. So I, I would have to those those two really are at the top of my list. But now somebody somebody's gonna feel slighted because I. You know, my memory is getting short, and I know it's somebody else that I should include, but those two come to mind. And that's understandable, man. I, I used to say that uh, anybody, when I asked a question like that, I'd say anybody who you leave out, don't feel bad, because I might ask you a question, and you might just inadvertently leave him out. I mean, it's, it's a difficult question to answer on the spot. We've got to have time to think and write, write your notes down. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, I remember that it's academic. I was going to actually kind of go in. I hadn't told you I remembered it, but I was going to go into that on But you mentioned it. Yes, uh, you were on that, those old schools who remember it's academic. But you had to have some smarts to get on, and you, and you were on there. I remember that show. Yeah, I, I, I guess I had enough smarts to, to get on. But <laughs> there, were, there were people that thought I had too much of other things to, to Now, be for the sake of... Uh, for the sake of the rest of the team, who was on there with you? Who were the other two that were on there with you? It was uh, Fred Lindbergh okay. And, okay. And, and Carl Bowman. You know, and oh, okay. Fred, okay. Fred, Fred was my man. Fred straight A's all the way through school. But, uh, yeah, being on that show was an experience because uh, I, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. We were winning. From the very beginning, we raced way out in front of everybody. And then when they got to the lightning round, it just seemed like seemed like our buses stopped working. You know, it <laughs> seemed like they decided they didn't want us to win <laughs> because, because at they, the they, end they, of they the show. They found just the right subject to get you all out of there, huh? Uh-uh, because I knew the answers. I knew the answers. I knew all the answers. But for some reason, my buzzer stopped working. Had me turning around, looking up to see if my thing was lighting up. And uh, when they announced the final score, because we had been up by 60, and I think we lost by 20 or something like that, uh, a a four-letter word came out of my mouth while we were on camera. Oh, <laughs> and they, they had to cut and come over there and calm me down. But I was very, very disconsolate after that. I, I, I just felt like we let we let everybody down. I, I, that was my feeling, you know. And plus, we were the only school that had African American uh, representing it, so that was another impetus for me to really want to succeed, but didn't work out, so you win some, you lose some. Now, who, who, who was your circle back in them days? Who, who, was, who, who did you hang out with? Who did you lean oh, on when you kind of needed to need a little up, up, uplifting I, and so forth and so on? Who did you hang around with? Yeah, you know, I, 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 was, I was with the football team, so I was with some of those guys most of the time, you know. Uh, some more so than others, but yeah, if I had a circle, that was that was probably it. That was mm-hmm. probably it. You sound like me. I was my, my circle was definitely the baseball team. That was that was my crutch right there, especially mm-hmm. for the last the last two years. So I I, I can relate to that, man. Yeah, it, it's so, it's not. Go ahead. No, you know you go right ahead. No, no, I'm just I'm just thinking again. It's something about those guys, and, and you look up, and here we are, forty years later. 
And you think about the days out there in Rosenville Park in the cold, freezing, shivering in the rain. And, you know, and you think about the games that you, you played hard and you lost and the tears and, the, and all. You think about all those things and you see those guys, and it's a different kind of bond. It's a, it's a different kind of bond. It, it really is. What, what, what is what, what is a couple of your most uh, uh, golden memories of being on the football team? Oh shoot, I got hurt. That's 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 my golden. Oh, that's, memory. that's not too golden. That's, that's, no, that's, that's, that's I, I got gold. hurt and had to have surgery. <laughs> so, oh man, so okay. I'm I'm walking around needing a knee replacement right now. So yeah, there there's my golden memory about being on the football team. <laughs> So. That was that gold, that gold keep make you make your finger turn green, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. But, but, before, but we, before we go on, we have, we have a caller. I know who this is. It's my brother here. Uh, I haven't We haven't talked in a while, but I'm glad to see him on here. Uh, we, before we go any further, we're going to bring on my man, Brother Carl Sanderson. Carl, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. How you doing, Keith? Tracy? Great. Carl, my man. How man. you feel, brother? I'm good, man. Hey, when I saw your name and you was gonna be you was gonna be a guest speaker, man, I had to chime in, man. You know, uh Tracy was one of my favorites, man. I I got to say when we was in you know, I only was there for a year and me and Tracy we gravitated real good. Man, it was unbelievable. Just like when he mentioned when when Donald Dakes passed away and I came to the funeral and I saw Tracy, I saw Coin, I seen, uh, I saw so many uh, Calvin, Calvin uh, Munson. I seen so many guys that I hadn't seen man in years, man. They all was there, and that was that was like a celebration within itself, man. And I and I loved that. And I saw Tracy saw me, and we sought each other out. That was a beautiful thing, man. And I I had a good relationship with Tracy when he was in school. At South Shore back in uh, '75, man. I'm just, you know, it's, I love that class, man. I love that class. I give that class more kudos than I do to Sarbo. I went to Sarbo three years, but I, that last year at South Shore really, really did something to me. I, it's, I've been inspired ever since, man. I just want to give out, give a shout out to you, Tracy. You mm-hmm. lovable guy. You mm-hmm. Keith. You know, you guys are great, man. Keith, Keith, I got to tell you, I love this brother here. And I was so glad to see him with, at, at that funeral. I'm talking about you two guys hugging each other and didn't want to let each other go. <laughs> I, I, love, I love this brother. This, this is a great guy. And it, it's a doggone shame that all those years and something tragic had to transpire before we, you know, hooked up again. But, but Carl, you're my man. You, you always have been, brother. You always have been. Well, both of you guys have been great guys. I can say that from the heart myself, man. Uh, you know, just like you say, it's a step of something uh, about that class. You know, not, not taking nothing away from the, the other classes. Maybe it's because I came out of 75, but it's something really, 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 really golden about 75. You know, and uh, whatever the reason is, it's golden to me. You know, all due respect to everybody else. I, I, I got to say this. Uh, this past weekend... I attended the memorial service for Brother Lewis Evans, who was also a member of the class of 75, who was also a South Shore Tar football player. 
And uh, Lewis, uh, he succumbed on the 12th of December. They had his memorial over the weekend. Uh, but I, I got to give him a shout-out because Big Lou was my guy. He was my guy. Known him since I was 14 years old. So, Beautiful, man. Brother Carl, man, thanks for calling. I really appreciate it, man. uh, You're welcome, man. Hey, man, thanks a lot for uh, taking my call. I appreciate it, man. Keith, bless all you, my man. And uh, Tracy Simmons, boy, I love you guys, man. Y'all the best. Love you, too, brother. You live well. Right back at you, brother. You live well, Carl. You live well, brother. All right now, fellas. Thanks Take care, brother. Pal. Spread the love. All right. All now. right. All right. All right. Man. That's what I'm talking about, man. That's what I'm talking about. Anybody else listening want to call in? It's uh, 718-664-951513. And uh, we had talked about uh, your circle, and we we gone over that. But I got to ask, this question I asked everybody. Some refuse to answer. Some do. I don't know. It's been a long time ago, so hope I don't get you in trouble. But, uh, you know, I had quite a few. Matter of fact, I had a few of one of these in every class. This is why I went to class back in the days. But uh, who, who did you have your schoolboy crush on, brother? Oh, no. Or crushes, I should say. Oh, no. Why would you ask me that, Keith? Why you do that to me? Because, see, now, now, now that's going to be one that I cannot remember. I, can't, I cannot remember. I cannot remember all of them. I do remember one. I do remember one, and that was Robin Montgomery. I was I was kind of silly about her. Didn't, didn't couldn't show it, couldn't show it, wouldn't say it, but I was. So you asked me, I told you. Don't ask me nothing else. Like I, <laughs> Obama was a great person. You know, I did a show. Matter of fact, my last show was with him. Uh, her sister, I believe. Yeah. I, I did a show with with the Montgomery sisters, with Dina, uh-huh. uh, Rachel, Robin, and uh, Deborah Deborah Rogers. It was a great show. Uh huh. I imagine it would be, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll, 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 move, we'll move on for that. I, I, yeah, I've asked people ask who... Uh, don't ask me that. Man, I was, I was shy. <laughs> oh, man, you? You? I, oh, man, don't, don't get me started on me, man. I, I, I had a crush on... I was talking to you before the show, and I said, I'm going to do one show uh, coming up where I'm going to answer all the questions I've been asking everybody else. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I had one crush when I was a, a sophomore, a one girl who sat behind me in a history class, and she loved to talk, man. And she would talk to me, and, and I wasn't used to that, man. And I would just, I was so shy, I was afraid. And uh, it's, I just didn't, beautiful person. We're friends today. I'll talk about it later on that show. But well, you, you can imagine how I felt coming from Mendel, where I'd been sitting in a classroom where it was 44 guys, and only four of them were black. You know, so oh, wow. it was a total culture shock to me. I it was hard for me to pay attention that whole first semester. <laughs> so now you at the South Shore, you went on to uh, Knoxville College, and right. that's, that's an HBCU, isn't it? Right, right. But that's in Knoxville, Tennessee, not Nashville. And oh, Knoxville. Uh, okay, okay. Right, okay. and unfortunately, I've been told that the school closed in the last couple of years. Uh, a lot of HBCUs really start having tough times when these major universities start paying these brothers to come and play ball for them. <laughs> you know, they, they lost yeah. the athletic departments, and, you know, because everybody wanted to go to big school where they can get paid, where they can get a car. But uh, Knoxville was a, a different kind of experience. I think 
when you go away to school like that where everybody is pretty much middle to low income <laughs> that's, that's attending school, everybody has a greater desire to succeed. You know, you're working for something. I, I wouldn't trade the experience for anything because it helped develop a, 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 a solid foundation as far as character is concerned. You learn to stand on your own two feet. You know, when you're away from school and you, and you wake up one morning and you got one dollar, but you don't have any soap, and you don't have any deodorant, and you don't have any toothpaste, and you don't have any washing powder, you know, you might not have something else. We aren't even talking about eating anything, but you got one dollar. You know, so you have to learn to be creative. You don't have mm-hmm. any toilet paper. That was the other thing. Got to get mm-hmm. the toilet paper. So it, it, it makes a man out of you. It does. And I yep. would urge anybody to go away to school. Go away. Learn what it's like to stand on your own two feet. I would urge anybody not just to go away, but to go to an HBCU. Oh, yeah. Go to an HBCU. Yeah. My, my yeah, son uh, went to, uh, he's coming out of Arkansas Pine Bluff this spring. I tell you, I didn't go away to school. I didn't go to any HBCU. But I, I feel like I went there because I experienced it through him. And it was a beautiful feeling for me. You know what it's like, though? You meet these other black people from all over the country, from all over the country. But all of you basically are the same socioeconomic background, meaning we ain't got shit, you know. (laughs) We're Mm -hmm. trying to get in position to get something. So everybody wants to study. Everybody wants to learn. Everybody wants to graduate, you know. And you meet all these people, and, Initially, everything is clickish. You know, you're clickish with your homeboys. You're clickish with the people from the same state you are. And, you know, all these little clicks. But as the school began to shrink, and we went from a student body population of about 1,200 my, my freshman year to about 600 my junior year, when, when people, the campus starts drying up like that, people lose those little clicks and begin to interact more with each other, and you learn that you're all pretty much in the same boat. You know, everybody's trying to become something. Everybody's trying to get ahead. You don't need any animosity to do what it is you're trying to do. You know, it'd be so much easier for everybody to just get along. Now, you came out, and you eventually uh, got into teaching, and, and I didn't even know it until before the show when we kind of talked through the sound check, and you mentioned that you, you, you thought you taught special ed. I mean, what what uh, put you on the path to that? Uh, to, to that? Uh, Is that something that you always well, wanted to do or something that you just fell into? No. Well, see, what happened was this. After I left the department, my best friend and roommate from college was a teacher, and <laughs> he used to tell me all the time that I was a natural. And uh, I just started out subbing, and I subbed at this one school, and the principal called me in the office afterwards and said, look, I want you, I got a classroom for you. So I went into it without any formal training, and they they dropped all kind of material on me to give me information about how to go about certain things. And the thing about teaching is, is this. It's real simple, I think. You have to learn to give a child confidence. You have to make them think that they can. 
once they think that they can, they take it and run with it. So uh, I, I, I taught this special ed class for a couple of years, and then I went to work for Sylvan Learning Center, and I became a center director for them. And I used to always get chided by the expert that I was making the initial assignments too easy for the children. I said, no, they need to see that the same concept that they get in this very easy stuff that they can master is the same concept they have to deal with each step along the way. It just gets more involved. But basically, this is the same thought process that you have to utilize. Mm -hmm. Once the kids see that, it's not difficult to them. You break it down. There's something about textbooks, teaching, and the methodology that a lot of teachers employ, they got to teach you the hardest way. They got to teach you the most complex approach to the subject matter. I say break it down, make it simple. Keep it real simple. Show them it's, it's very, very basic. This is how this works. This is how you use this concept, and you didn't even know it. If you show the kids something like that, and they say, oh, yeah, I do this all the time. They are learning, and they can take that and they can apply it to whatever situation arises that it's applicable to. But it's too much about teaching that's not about the children and more about the politics and the adults and the administration. And it gets a little nauseous. Yeah, that's, that's a whole show right there talking about the, the school curriculum and so forth and so on. They, they teach things they don't need, what they really need to be teaching, such as conflict resolution, anger management and uh, critical thinking, you know, is well, really nowhere to be but, found. But they are trying to teach critical thinking. They are trying. Are they? Okay. Yes, That's a good yes, yes, they are. But, but here's the problem. Here's the problem. And people do not really know how to embrace this concept unless you've seen it up close in action. You cannot teach. If you've got 25 second graders, 25 seven-year-old kids, Mm-hmm. And six of them are crack babies. You can't teach. You can't do nothing. You can't make them do anything. They're all over the place. You got one that might jump up and run around the room pulling all the little girl's hair. You got another. You got another that'll just sit there and cry. Nobody says anything to him. Nobody touches him. He just will sit there and cry loudly. For a whole class period for no reason whatsoever. Then you got another one that's violent that will take his pencil and stab another child. Now I've seen all these things happen in the classroom within an hour. Really? Within an hour. This happens in the classroom. Seven year olds. Not the teacher's fault. Teachers just out of college, very prepared, very organized, but all hell is breaking loose. What is she going to do? They sent me in there to try to assist her with a a reading program because that was kind of my specialty. But I spent more time calming the kids down. That's what teachers tend to do in some of these instances. They spend more time trying to get control because you can't do anything to these children. You can't put them out of the classroom. You can't suspend them. You can't call their parents. You can't give them a punishment. 
you're pretty much stuck with them. You know, you got a pot. You got well, a therefore, pot. Therefore, they, as a result, they run the show then. Basically, basically, that's the way it's been. Basically, that's been, uh, over time, the, the concept of, of child protection has evolved into something where the children have all the rights. And the job that we, that some of us do, parenting, whereas if my mother ever had to come up to school for me, the first question out of her mouth would be, what did he do? That would be the first thing she'd say to whoever was talking to her. What did he do? Now parents come up to school and the first thing out of their mouth is, why are you fucking with my child? That's what they say. <laughs> and they will walk into the classroom and say this in front of the whole class to the teacher while the teacher stands there trying to figure out what the hell am I supposed to say to that in front of all these kids. She just castrated me in front of my whole classroom. Wow. I've seen wow. Fathers run into classroom wanting to punch on teachers, wanting to punch female teachers. It's a different, it's a different thing that's going on in schools nowadays, and nobody talks about it, you know. But all these little hoodlums that you see standing on the corner on the evening time, where do you think they be during the daytime? <laughs> they be in school. <laughs> the point, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> they be in school. You know, so being a, being a teacher is a very difficult. It's a difficult profession. However, I got to say, of, of all the things I've done, it is the thing that touches me the deepest down the road when I run into my former students and they tell me how well they're doing, something that I didn't think would do well, how, how great they're doing. That's one told me, I'm going to medical school, Mr. Simmons. You know, when when you run into these kids and they tell these great things about their lives, and you want to think, maybe I had a little bit to do with that, because some of them will tell you, you know, uh, how much they appreciate different things you did this for them. And, and, and this is stuff that keeps you going. You know, it, it, it's very heartwarming when when parents walk up to you and thank you for, you know, giving their kids the foundation to believe that they could succeed. And to me, once again, that's what teaching is really about. Let me show you that you can do this. You know, I don't think that's the approach that a lot of educators take. You know, it's almost like this is a puzzle. We got the answers, and we're not going to tell you. We'll give you a clue, let you see if you can figure it out. No, my thing is, let's lay it all out there on the table. This is how this all gets put together. See how this works? Now, maybe if you work this a couple of times, you can do the next one on your own. Maybe something like that. But to make it difficult for children well, to seem learn. They seem to be hiring, hiring people who, you know, you know, you have there's a, a stream shortage. My son actually wants to be a teacher also, which is good, because black male teachers are really, really scarce. And mostly uh, what you see is white female teachers, and many of them care, but you have a lot that really don't even care. I mean, that, uh, it, you know, That's whatever their so are, or they can't, relate, they can't relate to these kids and get through to them in a lot of cases. They're not Some trying. Of They're not trying. They're, they are not trying to. They See, unfortunately, and, and this is, was 
my experience as a police officer, a lot of, and I'm not going to say all and I'm not going to say most, but I will say a lot of white people do not view us as the same level of human being that they are. We are a lower level, a lower species than they are. So, therefore, they enter a setting because a lot of them, they don't deal with us except in the work environment because they have to. So a lot of them will come into our our settings and they will apply their value system, and we just can't cut it. Well, we're not going to cut it because that's not the value system that we uh, grew up with. That's not something we're easily able to adapt to. Because it's not us, so they apply their system. We don't. We don't fall in the line. So something is wrong with us. Not that something could be wrong with them. Something is wrong with us. So they right away they start the paperwork. They staff you for special ed, and you get a lot of kids that get pushed into special ed. They got no business being there. Why did they get pushed there? Because they annoyed the teacher. Yeah, they annoyed the teacher. And, and the then parents the, don't stop it when they and the parents can't stop it, but they allow it to happen. Well, you know why they allow it to happen? Because once your child is eligible for special ed, you are eligible for SSI. And what is SSI now? About seven hundred dollars a month. Let's say you got five kids, and they're all special ed kids, and you're getting seven hundred dollars a month for each one of them. You've got to be. Is that is that right? Oh yeah. That look. I had one parent. She had eight kids. And they all were getting it. They all were getting it. So yeah, it it, it happens. I'm not going to say it happens a lot, but yeah, it happens. Damn, damn. You know, and, and these are things people don't consider when they think about the difficulty the teachers have. And I, I swear, you got to care to be a teacher. You got you got to care. You know, it's that's just not something you can do when you really don't care at all. Because it's too much annoyance, too much aggravation, too many demands put on you by too many different entities. The children, the parents, the administration, everybody's pulling on you. you know, everybody you know, Dr. wants something. Uh, I listened to uh, Dr. Umar, Umar Johnson a lot. He, he talks a lot about what you just got to say. I didn't know about the money situation, but he talks a lot about special ed and how, same reason you said, because they're annoying to the teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, because she doesn't have the fortitude and the talent and the skills to teach. The kid ends up in special ed, and he well, said it's a vicious cycle. But even if they did possess the fortitude and the knowledge, they're not interested. They're not interested. You know, <laughs> these these people that feel like this, and I once again, this is not most, this is not half, this is not all, but there are some that feel like this. And the ones that do... They didn't just get like this. They've been raised like this their entire existence to think this way. This is this is part of their product of the environment they come up in. Now, you think because they hold a certain type of job that they're going to alter all their thinking, that they've lived their whole lives on? No, they're not. Not as teachers, not as police officers, not as preachers, <laughs> not as anybody. If you're you right, know what, Brother Chase? And you, huh? you know what you know what makes you know what that comes to mind to me is when they see usually when people say it starts at home and it's the parents it's the parents they they always referring to black people and that your your stuff is so messed up because it, you know you weren't brought up right it starts at home your parents but like you said what about these teachers who you said they had parents too 
Yeah, you know, what about, what about these killer cops, these racist cops? They had parents. So, I mean, Wait, let's talk about as it. long as they get police officers from society, and society is full of nuts, it's full of racists, it's full of people that don't care about other people, as long as this is the pool that they're getting them from, they're going to continue to have this. And, and you can't train that out of people. You cannot. No. No, you know, once once it's a learned behavior, six months, a year, however long they talk about sending them through a training course, it does no good. You have to well, you interact can't. with people. You can't you train to, a racist. You, you can't know, train a racist. And, and they, the only training needs the only training they, they need to be the only training they need is to be held accountable. Right. That's the only training now, they need. That's why all this is so funny, because they've always had the proper mechanisms in place to deal with guys that did wrong. They've always had uh, uh, areas of accountability. However, what happens is this. People have clout. When people have clout, they find their way out. This guy that shot this kid 16 times, I don't know who he is, but he didn't want to shoot him a black person a long time. He just walked up to that kid. And emptied his gun. He he was just dying for the opportunity he lost his damn to mind. do that. He lost now, that might have been his mindset the entire time. That might be how he is all the time. See, but once again, you don't know because you don't know where he came from. You don't know nothing about him. And, and but here's one thing I will tell you: they put this guy on the rubber gun squad, which means you know they put him on death duty and took away his police power for almost two years. What they intended to do, I think, I think he was going to get away with that if, if adding uh, the video surface. I think he was, oh, he yeah. was getting Definitely. ready to walk with that one. I don't Absolutely. know who he is, and I don't know who he knows, but sure looks strange. Two years sitting, sitting up after you emptied a, a magazine on somebody that wasn't armed. On video, and he's still sitting around for two years getting paid. I don't know. It's, I don't it's, know. It's, it's, it's insane. It's, and with, with, as soon as uh, this tweet tweeter gets in there, you you, you think when they, when if Jeff Sessions when Jeff Sessions is the Attorney General and they know they're gonna get away with anything that they do, it's gonna but be see, like deer hunting season. It's gonna be deer hunting season but, for but, another but four see, years. You you, you gotta you gotta remember. White folks have been doing this to us since the beginning of time. Absolutely. And we have we have tried all kind of polite ways to get them to stop. Oh, please, Mr. Charlie, would you please stop and, and get your foot off my neck? Could you please not do that to me? Could you please take your foot out my ass? No. See, it, it hasn't worked. You know, and we're still trying these methods. Oh, we, we're going to protest. We're gonna, no. You know, let's focus on what we can do something about. You know, begging them to, to leave us alone, five, four, five hundred years of begging and hadn't seemed to made a dent in it. So let's let's try something else. Let's go attack what we know we can make a dent on. Let's let's deal with ourselves. Let's stop killing each other. Let's stop that. If if we if we could stop that, that would scare the shit out of them. It really would. If we could stop doing harm to each other and go back, just like we were saying about what it was like when, when we were in school, how we all yeah. got along. 
you got to remember the times. It was it was the seventies. You know, we were just evolving from being really oppressed to being unified. And you know, black people see each other. It was right on. And, and how you doing, brother? How you doing, sister? Everybody was was a black and proud at that time. Now, man, no. You know, if we were talking loud as high school students and some adults were standing nearby, our conversation was muffled. We would start talking lower. We would start whispering because we knew we weren't supposed to be loud and ignorant around the adults. We weren't supposed to act like that. We were taught to respect older people. These children nowadays, they have no respect they don't, and some of them make it a point to act even more outrageous because they're older they people show around. They, show. they they want you to know. show them I can do whatever I want to do, and sadly, it it sure looks like that's the way it's going. And it's all like we said earlier by design. It's you know, I said design. that I made that comment before that uh, I said the same thing. I said, you know what? If we as long as we're killing each other. What incentive do they have? If we're doing it, they're going to hell. You know, if we stop killing each other, it would make a difference because then we wouldn't tolerate anybody else killing us. Exactly. As, as but, long as we're doing it to ourselves, why would anybody take us seriously? We got we got it, young people walking around talking about Black Lives Matter, and I'll bet you every last one of them knows somebody who's been murdered or know somebody that's murdered somebody. But it's out of hand. It's ridiculous. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I, I've been talking to uh, C Spire. I'm going to do a show uh, with, I'm going to interview uh, uh, someone from C Spire, and we're going to talk about that and uh, just for information purposes. But uh, I, I agree. We, but it's gotten out of hand, and we know this, but it's like, man, what do we do? Because... All I hear is people saying we got to get guns off the streets. Guns off the streets. Well, you know, violence is not a gun. Violence is a is a mentality. Right. You know, they they they're putting more police, but they're closing the mental health clinics. Right. But this they, is a mental you know, health issue. They they it, it's not just a mental health issue. It's not, not just it, a mental it, health. There is not just there it, is a there. segment. There is a segment that could be assisted if they had mental health facilities that were available to them. But I'm going to tell you something, man. I, I think a lot of these young brothers, they hear this music. You know how we used to talk about mu- music sues the savage beast? And when we Absolutely. came up, yes. when I we came that. up, yes. it was about love songs, man. It was about Barry White. It was about the stylistics. It was about Smokey. It was about love, you know. But now <laughs> it's about violence, and they get all charged up, and then they watch TV, and they get all charged up. And then they go out here all charged up, listening to the music, blowing the windows out of their car with their stuff, and they just feel like I'm gonna hurt somebody. And they, they go and home and play a, a video game and yeah, and and, and and play Grand Theft Auto, which which is where the knockout game was uh, evolved from. And they think they can push the reset button and start the game over again. And they don't they don't just play the game, but they go out there and live it. And, and they, see, they they. they, they and, and, and see, it's not an accident that we are being savage toward each other. They are sitting back and watching. Uh, Absolutely. You, you got 
You got a Donald Trump as the president. See, I, I used to tell people, I said, yeah, you don't have to be afraid of Donald Trump. Donald Trump is, is not a problem. But the problem is all the people that supported him. That's the problem. Because if they, if, if they put one judge on the Supreme Court, we're screwed for the next 25 years. Look how long we've been, look how long we we've been dealing with Clarence Thomas. And they won't put another black justice on the Supreme Court until he dies. So we got a problem. We 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 in trouble. I mean, we gonna survive. We are gonna have to. Yeah. But uh, yeah. and, and, and and individuals will always be successful. They'll always be successful. They were successful individuals during the slavery time. But as a people, we we this is this is serious. And I don't know if people really understand or realize how serious and how deep this is, especially for these Negroes who got the nerve to defend and support this race, support this racist piece of swine. I well, don't we'll see. It. Well, see, those will be the ones that'll be okay. Unfortunately, because they're brown nose enough, and they got enough money already. Otherwise, he wouldn't talk to them. If they were poor, Donald Trump wouldn't talk to them. Steve Harvey got money. Kanye West got money. You know, Jennifer Holliday had money. That's why he's talking to them. Maybe he can he can use them. And they're probably looking at him and say, maybe we can use him. But either way, nobody's thinking about us. Nobody's thinking about us. There's nothing good that's going to come of this for any of us. But what we do, unfortunately, we follow the leader. We follow the preachers. We follow the athletes. We follow comedians. We follow people we don't have any business following because they don't mean us any well. You know, they want to see us fall. They want they, Everything they do is for their advantage. They make these people into things that are appealing to us when they're really rotten son of a guns like everybody else. So I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't Man. think it's going to be good. Well, we'll, we'll there, there's hope. They always have hope. Hope is nothing. I mean, I don't know. As far as the possibilities, I guess we'll have to grow with and find out as, as the possibilities come around because – Right now, says we're in trouble. You better get brave yeah. and uh, just be careful out there because it's it's going to be Negro. It's about to be Negro season for the next four years. Well, and I'm not well, trying to be funny either. Well, no, but and you're not being funny, and and you're being unfortunately very truthful because what's going to happen is they're going to distract the masses with something like some kind of racial problems, big time. That'll enable them to continue stealing money. Don't let anybody be fooled. Donald Trump is in office to make himself the wealthiest person on the face of the earth. That is why he has that office. He's hooked up with with the guy over in Russia. He might sell the whole country to Russia. He doesn't care if he's going to get paid. You know, but this I is think that we- he's going to. I think he's going to end up sleeping in his own bed. He's going to he's going to be his own victim eventually. But in the meantime, we're in trouble. In the meantime. Yeah, because in order for him to be his own victim, some of his own people are going to have to stand up and say, oh, wait a minute, you're wrong. <laughs> we can't let this go any further. And right now, I don't think there's a willingness on the part of too many of them to get in his way. I think they're going to let him do whatever it is he's going to do right now. I think he's really going to have to send somebody before any of them stand up. So, but you know what uh, the bad thing about it is? The bad thing about it is the swine behind him is worse than him. Oh, and yeah. that's who they want. That's who they oh, want. Yeah. They want him to be president. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, but once again, we slept on this one. You know, we we slept on this one. Everybody was like, oh, he can't win. And I was like, oh, boy, if it's close, anything can happen. Anything can happen. And, they, you know, it was, it was a lot of illegal stuff that went on, you know, from voting rights infractions to the Russian involvement to fake news stories three days before the election. And all these things tilted the scale. You know, and everybody wants to say, oh, that really didn't matter. The hell it didn't. The hell it didn't. It mattered a great deal. He knows it. That's why he won't acknowledge any part of it being factual. All of it is speculation, according to him. But he's the only one that says that, him and his children well, probably. Look, this is the same man that said, look, I know more than ISIS than the generals. This, 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 he's, I mean, I've put out videos, and I've seen videos and shared videos from other people. The man has bold face just flat out. He's a pathological liar, man. Of course he is. He is insane. Of and of he, course. He's, he's, he's not insane. He's and not now he insane. Doesn't even trust, he's sitting here arguing with his CIA people who gives him intelligence information and saying that they're wrong and Putin ain't so bad. And, but, and he's not even, but he's not insane. He's not insane. you got to step out of your emotions for a minute and try to look at it without any emotions. He's just a mm-hmm. crook being crooked. He's just yeah, a crook yeah, being crooked. Yeah. If he acknowledges any part of what they're saying is factual, he casts aspersions on his own stuff. Now, it's like this is my story and I'm sticking to it. He's going to stick with his lie to the end. I'm the president of the United States. Now what? And that's how he's approaching everything. He doesn't care about the CIA, the intelligence community. He don't care about nothing. And that's going to be his downfall. That's going to be his it, downfall. It may, it, it may be. I Because he's, so. he's fucking with the wrong people. Because And, he, and he's trying to go against the media and CNN. He, he's, he's, but, he's fucking with the wrong people. But see, he really here's the other thing that people got to remember. He don't need none of this. He don't need none. He doesn't need it. He can walk away from it tomorrow, and he's still a billionaire. He's still a billionaire. He's doing this for fun. This is a monopoly game. It's yeah. a monopoly game. This is a game to him. He's not interested in running the country. And that's that's not obvious. his hobby. His, his, he's going to run his business. Huh? You're right. I said, and that's, and that's, that's something. It's, it's simple. He, he's not interested in running the company. It's obvious. The way he's the way he's carrying on. But see, he was smart enough, and and I have to give him credit for this. He was smart enough to say all these crazy things while he was campaigning because he knew it was millions and millions of white people out there that felt that way. Now they've been hiding, you know, in the in the clouds of being politically correct and not saying how they really feel, but. Everybody that thought like what he was talking about, they came out and they voted for him. They most certainly did. And it's a lot of white people that you see every day <laughs> might be your pals. They voted for him. <laughs> well, it, it, they, you know, they said, look, after eight years of having a black president, oh, no, no, no. And this is why I said push Hillary down the Democrat people's throat was crazy. She never stood a chance because they're going to follow up the first black president with a female. And that female well, was Hillary? No. I, I think she would have won had they not unleashed that, that garbage on her that last week. And I don't think – now, I'm, people are going to really be upset with me for saying this. 
I love President Obama. I love his character. Mm-hmm. I love uh, his, his family, you know, how they portrayed, how intelligent black people can comport themselves. I love all that. I think that was one of the best examples for black people that they ever came up with. However, I don't think he was much of a president. <laughs> I just don't, uh, you know, unless you happen to be gay, I don't think he was much of a president because I don't see where he did too much for black people. So I'm not upset with you. Yeah, I don't, I don't see where he even said, look, it should be this way, but it's not, and I'm going to try to fix it. No, he didn't even say that. He didn't even say that. I'm not upset with you. My, my thing was that, and I understand, I, but it's a given. I understand all the obstacles. I understand all the blocks, and they didn't want to try to help him and do anything. But my thing is you still have control of what you choose to speak out on. Exactly. That's pretty much what you're saying. You can exactly. speak out on it. If you can't do it, speak out on it and let mm-hmm. us know that you, you feel us, you're aware, and you're going to try to, just like you, you know, the transvestites wanted to, you know, the man wanted to say he a woman to be able to take a piss in the woman's washroom. Oh, they were on there. Yeah. yeah. See, and here I go again saying something that's not going to be popular. But, you know, just like I told Carl Sanderson that I love him, I love the brother. He's going to be a friend for life. You're going to be a friend for life. You know, I love you guys, but I don't want to have sex with you. So I, I really think that this, this whole thing, it's, they say it's about love, but no, because you can love a man. You just don't have to have sex with him. I hate you. I hate you. So, you know, they make a big deal out of what your sexual choice is, and I, I really just don't think it ever deserved that much attention. I mean, you do what you do, I do what I do, and exactly. God, God bless you, and, and, you know. And because, and because you come out and say this is what you want to do, and you get a call from the president congratulating you for, yeah. for courage. When we got these kids walking through Inglewood to school every morning. You're going to talk about some fucking courage? Yeah, right. Anyway, that's, you know, I mean, so I, I know what you mean. I mean, I, I respect him. I think he, he he's very cool, calm, and collected. Uh, you, you never saw him uh, buckle or, or quiver or stress out under the questions. I, I respect him for that. Uh, I thought he could have tr- at least tried to nominate a black woman for the Supreme Court. And if she didn't get nominated, if, if they didn't approve of her, well, at least she tried. Right. He didn't even try. He didn't even try. He didn't even try. I posted, I posted, I don't mean to cut you off, but I posted on no, Facebook something from uh, Minister Farrakhan, and he talks about President Obama's legacy. If if you if you don't see it anywhere, go to my page and and take a look at it. Uh, I think I'll check you'll it out. Find, you'll find it interesting. You will. Mm-hmm. So the minister don't pull no punches. <laughs> uh, I respect the minister, uh, and, and I respect a lot of people. But when they start talking about the the mystery and uh, the Allahs and the uh, yeah, that, into, and then, then yeah, they lose it. We're talking about real yeah, life, and I can see with my eyes. I'm with you. Right, right. That that other stuff is way. We out of my third grade. No, I don't need all that. I, I don't either. It's funny how so, people, people tell me right away, you're going to hell. So I don't believe in that. <laughs> hell, wait, what, hell is where you catch it and the way you do right. it now. I mean, come I'm on. I'm telling you. I'm Let telling me ask you this, too. I didn't, I didn't uh, what's, what's, what about that bucket list deal, man? What's, what's out there that you uh, still have yet to experience that you might want to experience and or, or that you have and want to get a little bit more of it? <sighs> Well, I am uh, 
what you call a, a lifetime student. I think for me, my my place where I feel most comfortable, where I feel most natural is in the classroom, whether I'm a teacher or whether I'm a student. I, I just think I'm always supposed to be in the classroom. So in my mind, in the recesses of my mind, there's two things that if I had to have a bucket list that I want to do. I want to write, you know, I want to write a book. And uh, I think I'd like to get a Ph.D. in African-American studies and, mm-hmm. and, and teach, lecture, something like that. Uh, I think if I had a bucket list, those two things would definitely be on it. I'm, I've gotten to the point I don't have any children or anything like that, so, you know, I crossed that off my bucket list a while back. You know, I, mm-hmm. I have night. I have nightmares about some 30-year-old young lady walking up to me and saying, you're my daddy. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't want that to happen, but but I I don't think I'm going to go down the route of children. I hear you. I hear you. And and these days, oh, boy. Oh, it's hard. God, it's hard. I, I don't know what has happened to us. I guess I do. Yes, I do. We decided. We would let white people tell us how we should raise our children. When we decided we would do, we would raise our children like they raised theirs. That's where we messed up. You go in a grocery store in a in a mixed neighborhood. Who are the little kids you see running up and down the aisles? Who are the little kids you see pulling stuff off the shelves? Who are the little kids you see sitting in the middle of the aisle on the floor having a fit? It's the white kids. It's the white kids. You don't see no black kids doing that. Pow! They back in order. <laughs> they get one little yeah. crack on their butt. They back in order. But I see white women chasing their kids from aisle to aisle, calling them, begging them to act right <laughs> in the grocery store. When we decided we were going to raise our kids like they raised theirs, well, take a look at them. Take a look at them. Take a look at their history. Mm-hmm. Take a look at how confusion kind of follows them since the beginning of time. You know, they went to Africa and stole culture and everything, you know, from the, from the people. That, they even stole the name of the country and, and start calling it Egypt. You know, but they, they stole everything from those people, laid claim to it, came back this way and said, oh, we discovered math, we discovered science, we created tools, we start building. Yeah. You know, they got all you know, that one. That's one thing that uh, I put out a video uh, not long ago as far as Dr. Umar Johnson had visited the African-American History Museum in Washington, D.C., and he came back with a review of it. And I hadn't been there. I hadn't, you know, I'd probably if I could maybe go one day. But when you got through with it, it was like uh, you would think that the history of black people started in slavery, ended with, uh, with uh, athletes and uh, music, Motown and uh, entertainment. And when I, when, I, when I listened to that, I said, you know what? All due respects, and I, but, you know, tell the people something that they didn't know about their history. You're going to you're doing, they're doing the same old bullshit, starting us off like we didn't exist until slavery. And, now, that uh, was the African-American uh, Museum in Washington? Yes, yes. And, and it starts with slavery? It starts with slavery. In, in the body. That's and pathetic. It, it starts That's with slavery, and uh, it, it ends, the, the top two floors are mostly with uh you know, uh, sports, athletics, athletes, and then entertainers. 
That's pathetic. Yeah. Then, then you know that white folks sponsored that. See, well, uh, Barbara, Barbara uh, 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 what's her name? Uh, George Bush II's uh, wife. Uh, Barbara Bush. Yeah, Barbara Bush. You know, she's on the board for that. You know, so she, well, you know, her, her, her handprints are right on that. That's crazy in itself. You know, that, yeah. that's crazy on his face, and that's why things are the way they are. Yeah, you know, I, said, I, I won't be going. At, at some point, at some point, we we have to learn that white folks are not going to tell us the truth about ourselves. They are not going to tell us the truth about themselves. Wouldn't it be interesting if we had the opportunity to go back and see westerns, all the westerns we watched as kids, but see them from the perspective of the Native Americans? We always saw them from the perspective of white men. So the Native Americans were always the bad guys. They're always the bad guy. Oh, they want to come and scalp you, you know. But gee, you come over here, you you, you rape their women, you take their land, you kill their animals, you run them off their land. But they're the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It's it's funny, man. It's funny. We've been we've really been bamboozled, and we're so confused now. You know, the the biggest problem that we have is how we interact with each other. We treat each other so bad. We, we we do, we, you know. We men treat treat the sisters bad. The sisters treat the men bad. It's a segment of us that think anything black is something wrong with us. Sisters think they gotta have them a white man. The brothers, I mean, they black as coal. Their daddies are black. Their brothers are black. But now something wrong with them. They gotta have them a white man. It's brothers that think they ain't hitting on nothing until they got them some big fat stanky white woman. And 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 who calls herself thick? <laughs> you know? Yeah, we 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 have issues. And you know what people and people you know what people give you hell for saying that too. And I, and I say that. I mean, I'm I'm just telling you what you know. Black people here, generally speaking, we have some great 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 people among us. Some beautiful mm-hmm. black loving, down to earth, realistic, right on people. We have that, but we also have an element within us that no other race of people has within it. And that's that self-hating people where exactly. black people just don't like black people. If you don't really exactly. know what I'm talking about, take your ass to the to the grocery store and just see how the cashier looks at you. See how to, to mm-hmm. interact. I mean, I, I, I ran a restaurant. I, I worked in hotels. I mean, I've been close up to this stuff. You've been close up to it. And I, I know what I see. We have a problem. Yeah. We, we we have a serious problem. But we have been conditioned to think. Stop Stop for a minute and, and, and just think about this and, and kind of make note, notes of this as you watch the media. There are more situations in the media right now, I'm talking commercials and things like that, where black women are involved in romantic situations with white men than there are with them being involved with black men. I saw a commercial yesterday where a, an Asian guy was cooking dinner and then he set the dinner on the table and sat down and had dinner with this black woman and her two black children. My tongue like to fall out of my head. See, and, uh, okay, you can be with whoever you want to be with. That's your business. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think th- this whole effort to marginalize the existence of black men, they lock us up. They don't show us in the media doing anything positive, anything intelligent, if we are in a situation where we're being portrayed as intelligent, we don't have a spine. It's some white guy scaring the shit out of us, threatening our job, something like that. We don't we don't have any backbone. It's either that or we're crooks. 
It's either that or we're crooks. This is how the media portrays us. And, un- what a brain and unfortunately, you know, this is how we get programmed. That's mm-hmm. why they call it television programming. They exactly. train us to think in this manner. When I was a kid, I thought white women stayed home, wore high heels and dresses and cleaned house like that, like Donna Reed, like Lucy, you know. <laughs> Oh yeah, you know, the best white women didn't season. work. Yeah. They, they they put their dresses on and they cleaned the house and their dresses. Their hair never got messed up. That, and hell, it wasn't no black people on TV. It wasn't no, none of us on TV. And this is how this is how we came up, and we have evolved into this thing where now we want to be like them so much we hate ourselves. Yeah, we, we hate really ourselves. Do. We, and, and, we that's do. That's really sad. And it, and, it, and, it, and you can't. And you can't tell people this because it's like, well, wait, you just did that. Look, it's real. And religion has, and mix that with religion. And and we're not taught to look within ourselves to meditate and and seek that power within yourself. They're looking in the sky and looking at some kind of source outside of yourself, within yourself with what you got. Keith, Keith, now I have to agree with you. Religion has been used to control us. During slavery times, people had to have something. To look forward. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So absolutely. the only thing that the white man was able to give them to look forward to was death. Because when you die, we'll be through with your ass. <laughs> you know, you'll be free then. <laughs> you won't have to deal with us anymore. So yeah. just wait for that day when you walk through that the early gate mm-hmm. and get our foot taken out of your ass. You know, that better place. Mm-hmm. And, and now, now we have been conditioned for generation upon generation upon generation to think this is the way. But it's the same person who's teaching you about God. It's the same person who's lynching you, raping you, and treating you like shit. Why should you buy into anything that they're saying? You know, that now, you know, maybe I'm funny. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me. But I don't get it, man. I, I don't get it. Why do we just, you know, this guy, he might be a great guy. And I'm probably talking too much. He might be a great guy, but I'm a little leery about Father Slager. You know, he, he just, every time I see a white guy cam- campaigning that hard for us, it makes me wonder, okay, why is he doing this? Why is he doing this? He's got a lot to lose. Why is uh, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I have nothing against him. I think he's okay, but I, I, I just think my whole thing is we've been praying for hundreds of years, and on Friday Donald Trump will be inaugurated as president of the United States. So here, there you have it. I mean, what, what, how far, how, how much more do I have to say about that? We've been praying for. Sounds like your prayers maybe, did a lot of good. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, did you pray for this? Is this what yeah, you prayed for? Somebody prayed for that. <laughs> yeah. Somebody prayed for that because they got it. They got it. But Tracy, I'm gonna take a let's take, let's take an old school break, and when you come back, uh, I'm gonna get that closing statement from you. Uh, you can think about it, and whatever it is you want to put out there, and uh, however you want to put it, uh, you'll have the uh, the wheel, and and uh, you can just go with it as you want. How's that? That that sounds good. That sounds All right. Good. So All y'all right. hold on there. We'll be right back. Anybody just want to call in before we get done? That's seven one eight. Six six four nine five one three. We'll be right back. People moving out, people moving in, because of the color of the 
Okay, we are back, and uh, I tell you, I always come out with a little old school because I'll, I'll, I've always said that when they took our music, they took our minds. We lost our minds. We lost our music. If we can get our music back, maybe it'll help to get some part of our psyche back. What do you mm-hmm. think, Brother Tracy? Like you said, when we came up, we sang about love, and it made a difference in how we thought. Sure how are you listening to what they're listening to? It's making a difference in how they think. Once again, it's by design. Everything happens for a reason. The school system is all jacked up because the schools are never intended to educate us. They're not. So, you know, that's another reality that we have to deal with. Well, here we go. We're going to uh, give you a chance to make a closing statement and uh, whatever it is you want to put out there, whatever you want to say, uh, and however you want to say it, you can take your time and take as long as you need. I'm going to turn it over to you, and you just... uh, Go with it. Okay, I appreciate that, Keith. You know, I, I, I've i had the privilege of working in various professions. And some of the professions I've, I've worked in caused me to be in a position where I had to be of service to uh, the people that interacted with me. There is... Uh, Nothing more gratifying. Nothing, nothing make you feel better when you look at yourself in the mirror. Even make you feel better in the pocket full of money. It's knowing that that you did something for somebody that was impactful. You know, that made a difference to them. You did it as part of your job. Sometimes you had to do it. Sometimes you didn't have to do it. The main thing is you were in a position where you were able to do something to help someone. And I've had a lot of experience dealing with children as a teacher, being in the school system. Uh, The last year that I taught was probably 2006. Since 2006, and it's only been a little more than 10 years, it's been at least 10 children that I personally taught that have been murdered. It's It's another dozen to 30 kids that I've taught that have done jail time or are doing jail time now. 
some of them very, very, very serious jail time. I've looked up and I've seen my little smiling faces. I see their pictures in the newspaper. I see their pictures on the 6 o'clock news. You know, and it breaks my heart, you know, because I knew this kid. You know, I knew that this wasn't a bad kid. You know, and it, and it runs through my mind, what happened? You know, what what happened to this kid? What caused this kid to go this way or, or to do this or to do that? You know, and, and it's a puzzle to me because the kid never showed me any of those tendencies. And at the same time, I've had kids that I just knew were monsters back in the day. I might have been the only one that could halfway talk to them. And then I see them now, and they're responsible adults with families and businesses, and, and I'm so happy for them. But, but I'm saying all that to say it's, it's a hurtful thing, you know, when, when these lives get snuffed out before they make 20, before they make 25. It's impactful to the families. It's impactful to the community, to the friends, to the teachers. It's impactful to everyone, everyone associated with it. And, and people don't understand how right. much of an impact that this, this kind of thing, the death of a child makes and what a long-lasting effect that can have on a family. You know, people don't, don't think about that. I don't understand why we have to kill each other. I don't understand. It is no more out here now for us than it was out here 30, 40 years ago. It is no more. It is the same thing. It might be more money involved, but the money ain't worth shit, so it really isn't anymore. You know, uh, it's flash. It's not substantial, and it's all by design. They let you go out here. They let you hustle a little bit. When they get tired of you hustling, they lock you up and they put you to work. For free. Yep. The same guys that walk up and down the street talking about shit. I don't want no job. I can hustle. When they get tired of you hustling, they lock you up for free and make you work for them for two, three, four, seven, ten years at a pop for nothing. What thirty cents a day or something like that? I heard. It's ridiculous. They must have had a raise. You know, I don't understand why we must continue to harm ourselves in deed, in thoughts, in actions, it's, 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 it's so unnecessary. The world could be such a better place for all of us if we would stop doing it to ourselves. If we could stop doing it to ourselves, it would scare the shit out of white folks. It would. They would stop, pay attention, give us whatever we want because they don't want us coming after them. But as long as they can stir the pot and keep us at each other, smart niggers and and, and dumb niggers, rich niggers and poor niggers, you know, light-skinned niggers and dark-skinned niggers, as long as they can Mm -hmm. keep all this silliness going amongst us, Mm -hmm. they have the advantage. And until the majority of us get smart enough to rise above the fray, we in trouble. We in deep doo-doo. We indeed do do. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's going to get worse before it gets better. There's no no yeah. question about that. It, it almost makes me glad that I don't have 50 more years of this crap to live through. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I understand. 
understand, brother. Believe me. I understand. It, almost, it, it makes me want to want to pray to my father and tell him you got out of here just in the nick of time. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, it's going to get worse before it gets better. That that I know. I hope it gets better eventually, but not not soon. In the short run, are we in trouble? We in hellified yeah. trouble. But we're hanging in a there. Lot of- We'll get through it, but uh, it's going to be some hell coming up starting yeah. on Friday. We'll continue. For sure. For sure. Well, let's hope it's only four years' worth. Let's hope it's only that much. You know, let's hope it's not any more than that. Personally, I think he'll be the messed up so bad by the end of his second year that they might flip the Congress on him. I don't think so, he'll. He, he's not, he's, he's not going to last. At the rate he's going, there's no way in hell he can last four years. He won't last yeah. four years. Yeah, well, he'll have to. Cause he ain't going to let them kick him out. When he leaves, it's going to be on his turn. He is not afraid of anything that they might do because he no. thinks he is the ultimate power, the ultimate authority, and he can do whatever he wants, and by the time you catch him, it'll be too late. It'll be too yeah. late. Yeah, it's true. When they find out his taxes, they'll 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 learn a whole lot when they ever get a chance of peeking at his tax return. Oh, wait, wait, they're not gonna get him if they don't have Evidently him. By not. Friday, wait, wait, if they don't have him by Friday, they're not getting him. They are not getting him if they haven't made him divest themselves of his business empire. If he ain't done it by Friday, it ain't gonna happen. They will not be able to make him do anything after Friday, and that's all he's living for. How are you gonna force the president to do anything? Boy, boy, boy! I don't, I don't know. I, like I said, we're in trouble, brother. We are in we're, trouble. You know, uh, things. The, the, I guess if if you want to look at it from a positive a- aspect, we've had so much done to us. You know, this won't impact us as severely as it will everybody else. <laughs> we're used to being at the bottom of the barrel. You know, this is going to be hard for. For those of us who thought that we had assimilated ourselves so much so that we were now white, you know, like uh, a lot of the the images that you see the media put forth. You ever notice how when you see brothers in the media, you know, whether they be on the news or something like that, a lot of them don't have any facial hair because a lot of white folks still find facial hair intimidating mm-hmm. on a black man. Hell, a lot of them have shaved their head. <laughs> they don't have no facial hair. They don't have no beard. No. Yeah, it, a brother without a mustache? Come on, man. It is. It is. It is. It's something. Uh, if, if, if it doesn't wake us up, I don't know what will. Because I mean, it, this can go. This, this this can go either way. I mean, it's, it's so subtle. It's so subtle. We don't see it coming. We yeah. do not. We're not even looking for it. We too busy. We too busy trying to get something shiny. We're too busy trying to to look good, to to be yeah. seen, yeah. to be heard. Right. I, I said I, I post. I, I gotta find that post. I posted about maybe four or five years ago. I, I said that we are a Republican administration away from Jim Crow revisited, that's and good. that's no joke. You 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 spot on with that. It, Jeff Sessions, come on, Jeff Sessions. Wait a minute. He didn't qualify to be a federal judge, but he's going to be the attorney general. Come on, 
but but this is where we're at. I hope people are ready. This is this is where we're at. We slept well, this one. We slept hell, this one. You know, we didn't go out and vote. We didn't go out and vote because wasn't nobody black running. We voted for the black guy. He forgot about us once he got in. So you know, we we slept this one. <laughs> I want to thank you for coming on, man, and spending time with me. And uh, it's my first show for the new year, uh, first since September. Uh, I do have, I'm working on some other shows. I'm waiting to hear back from a couple of other people. I, I do have uh, a show coming up on my Everyday People show uh, with the ceasefire, the uh, conflict uh, resolution and the uh, crisis uh, intervention uh, group. I'm working on that. I'm working on a show with a... Uh, military veteran. We're going to talk about PTSD and some things that are really very interesting that people just don't think about uh, that PTSD and what it can do to an individual and their family and his friends. So these are things coming up. But, Brother Terry, thanks for coming on, man. Great show, great information. Uh, as always, great conversation with you, brother. I, I appreciate you having me on. It's really been a privilege. Uh, like I told you before the show, sometimes you just have to tell me to shut up, but I don't know. Maybe that's good for your race. <laughs> <laughs> it's all but good, brother. You, it's all good. I thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to close it out. As always, I will uh, say in the, in the name of whomever or whatever. Peace and good night.
the darkness of the 